This is episode number 267. What is living your best life? With Ross Hedge. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation, which takes place every single Friday at 10.45 a.m. Central Time, hosted through LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of appreciation, grief, resilience, gratitude, and many others. If this is of interest to you, please join us through either of the platforms, LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live. Share your insights and ask whatever questions you have in regard to each and every single one of the topics that we choose to discuss. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show. And that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Russ, welcome to the show. Oleg, thank you. It's so great to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show that was actually released a couple of days ago. I, I think yeah. it was sometime, sometime. In the last week. Yeah. End of last week. And you, you brought a surprise guest on there who introduced the two of us. So it was <laughs> quite, quite the honor and quite the, quite the occasion to be a part of. So I just, I, I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate you for a variety of reasons. But I think one of them that I wanted to mention, which directly ties into the episode that you and I wanted to have today revolves around this question of living the life that you choose. And, and I think for me, it's become a, of significant importance to understand two things, A, that there's a choice that I can make in regard to that life and B, the importance of surrounding myself with people like you and so many others who are actively doing it because, well, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this part of the journey, but sometimes it, 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 the going gets tough and finding other people who share it or who are doing it or who, who have done certain elements, it reignites that inspiration and motivation that it's still possible, even right. in the midst of the challenge and the obstacles that one faces. Right. Well, you know, I think that um, there's so many people that are living somebody else's life. There's so many people that are living the life that people expect of them, that um, that they're told they're supposed to live. And, you know, we've all been there. I mean, whether we had a good upbringing or not, you know, I was blessed with really a great family and a great upbringing, but there was a plan put in place from the time that I was young of what I would do and where I would go. And none of it was bad, but it wasn't necessarily my plan. And so I had to learn uh, really what kind of life I wanted to choose as I went along. And, you know, good examples of that. I mean, we all, you know, we went to school. I was a good kid. 
I had wonderful parents, great sister, grew up, played sports and was in music and drama and did a million things. I was one of those crazy kids that did everything, right? And, uh, but I had fun, I enjoyed it because I love to explore things. But then as I got into later high school, the ex expectation was to go to college and uh, get a degree, get married, have a family, live happily ever after. And all of those things are good. There's nothing wrong with any of that. However, exactly what I was doing within that wasn't really clear to me. It was just kind of an expectation, a path I was set on. And so I just took it. And I went to Oregon State. Um, I'm actually down not far from the campus right now in the town south of where I live, Oregon State University, great college. But I went there, really got kind of lost because I didn't really have any purpose direction. And I was definitely not living the life I chose as far as uh, what I wanted for the rest of my life. At the moment, I thought I was living the life I chose, which was I basically majored in parties, girls and basketball when I was there. And so that wasn't really very productive, though. Um, so the reason I bring that up is just because I was really completely, as my book would say, befuddled. Um, I was really out of sorts. I was really not knowing where I was going. My parents weren't there to guide me and tell me what to do anymore. I was on my own. I was learning from people around me and the environment I was in and what I thought was right and wrong, good and bad. And um, I really got off track. And mostly because I didn't have a strong foundation of purpose and direction. And that, so that's what I really encourage people to have so you can live the life you choose. So it's really you really what you want, not what other people's expect of you. When did you become, when did you begin to course correct? Well, really was towards my, um, it was throughout college really, because it was a journey that I would not recommend for everybody, but it was a journey that was obviously needed for me. Um, and I learned as I went, I had a really devastating after the fresh, my freshman year in college, uh, July 9th, 1983, I had a devastating car accident um, and they shut down an entire highway, cut me out of my car with the jaws of life and flew me to uh, a hospital in Portland, Oregon so they could save my life. And I was on the brink of, of death. And so that was the beginning, I think, of really an awakening and an awareness that life was precious short and I better make the most of it. However, I'd love to say that I instantly came out of that because I recovered amazingly quickly. I went from, you know, I went from, cause I was young and I went from um, really on the death's door till being back at Oregon State that fall, which was September, which is amazing. That's definitely a, a, a miracle of God for sure. So anyway, I made it back. But then it took a couple more years through college to really find my way, realize how blessed I was to be alive and really get going. And where that really cultivated was my last year in college when I met my beautiful wife. And um, just to be honest with you, Oleg, I met her through her. Um, I met God and that was a big turning point for me. And then I just really had a foundation for my life and everything turned at that point. And suddenly I realized that I got to choose, that I got to base it on what I really wanted to do, what I really was all about and the purpose for my life. And you know me, I'm a really encouraging, upbeat guy. I love to bless people. I love to encourage people. I love to inspire people. So everything I do is based around that. Do you think much of that 
ability to inspire others and to empower them. And I'm 100% behind your words because I get to experience the journey that you share with the rest of the world as far as everything that you do through your coaching, your podcasts, and other forms of sharing. So I can definitely attest to what you just said. But I, I'm curious, when it comes to living that life, was it much of it from that instance, much of it due, that, due to that accident? Like, what did that accident actually help you see that you didn't see before? Well, I mean, at that point, before the accident, I thought I would live forever, I could do anything, and I was invincible. And that brought me to the awakening that I couldn't, I was not invincible and life could end uh, in an instant, you know, and that was number one thing. Number two thing was, though, it showed me that I could overcome great obstacles. Uh, with God's help, I recovered from July 9th's accident and being in intensive care for almost a week and then in the hospital for three weeks and then went home to recover uh, with the help of my family and then being back at Oregon State in the fall term at the end of September uh, was amazing. It was an amazing recovery. None of the doctors thought that I could ever do that. I would, and I was determined and I was resilient in my um, all the therapies I went through. I had to learn to walk, talk, and uh, speak and do everything again. I lost all that. So I had to relearn how to live. And so the ability to be able to do that, be back at Oregon State, um, and then living my life uh, was really taught me a ton. But again, it was still a process. It was still a gradual process because that was step one, but it still took me a couple of years of floundering a bit within that to really get myself completely on track. That's a super fast timeline to be able to return back to quote unquote normal or as normal as you could be from that. Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> my sister would claim that I, I had a lot of brain swelling and brain uh, uh, trauma. And she would claim my little sister that I still have brain damage. But whether that's true or not, I, uh, I did get back and it took me a while still. I mean, even though I was able to function and be at school, I still had some double vision and I still had some issues. I remember I loved playing basketball. I was hooping it up all the time at Dixon Recreation Center here at Oregon State. I loved it. And I went back to play after breaking both collarbones. When I originally came out of the hospital, I couldn't even lift my arms over my head to shoot a basket. So when I got back and the first time I went back to play, uh, when I would run around and play the game, it kind of jumbled me up a little bit and I would start getting that double vision back. And I remember the first time someone threw me the ball, there was two balls coming at me at the same time. And my thought in my head was, hmm, okay, well, take a good guess. And I guessed wrong and it hit me right in the chest. And so, so I was still, I still was, you know, recovering. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, I think like anything in life, Oleg, I mean, with all that you've been through and your whole story, I think when you uh, have these monumental and life-changing things hap happen to you, we still are learning and we're not, it's not like boop, done overnight, all good. It's, it just doesn't happen that way. And even after I met my beautiful wife and I really got my life more on track, it was, I've, I've still been learning every day of our 33 and a half years of marriage. And we were together one year before that. I've still learned 
through life, through everything that I've gone through, and I, I'm still learning today. Well, I think the other thing that you point out that's also interesting to explore is that even in those moments where, at least for me, when I became aware of certain things that I wanted to change within my life, it's not like time stops for me. And it gives me the opportunity to reflect, to make the necessary changes. The change happens as I continue to live out life and possibly continue to live out the problem that I'm experiencing. And so I, I think that's a big thing that I've learned throughout my own journey is that it, it, if anything, it's a wishful thinking that I've experienced on my end. When I come to that point of awareness where I want to make whatever the changes that I, that I want to have in my life, time doesn't stop. Life keeps going. And if anything, sometimes things become even more intense before I actually work out through a particular thing. So I think what you mentioned, as far as it's a gradual process, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, you know, what's interesting too, is just because I am the upbeat, happy, woo, positive guy does not mean that everything is upbeat, happy, and positive. I've learned to be very intentional and I'm very, I've learned to become, uh, humans are really very habitual. And most of the habits we have a lot of times are bad. Um, So it's good to intentionally develop good habits. And I always talk about that. So one of the intentional good habits I developed is around my mindset, around how I perceive or how I prepare to look at the world each day. So when I get out of bed, I am sure I've told you the story. There's three things I do every morning before I my feet hit the floor. Number one, I, I'm grateful and thankful. I'm so thankful for God, for my beautiful wife, for my family, for all the blessings in my life. Number two, I say that I've got this. I give myself a little pep talk. You know what? I have the talents and abilities and I'm able to take on this day. I've got it. Here we go. Let's do it. And then number three, I say today's going to be awesome. And it's funny when I tell some people that they look at me and go, yeah, I can't say that, Russ. And I said, well, you know what? I'm not telling you what to say because we're all different. What I'm showing you is an example of how I prepare my mindset. And I, I call it putting on my awesome filter. So I put on my awesome filter because then everything that hits it, Oleg, throughout the day, we're going to have good and bad happen to us all day long. And a lot of it is really lousy, right? And so when we when it hits us, but we have a positive mindset, it looks a whole lot better than it would otherwise, than if we were already worrying and full of anxiety and fretting. Usually the first thing out of my mouth when people say, oh, this is horrible and this and that and the other thing, and I'll look at them and I'll say, well, you know what? The good news is, we're still alive. We're still moving forward, right? There's always good news in, in anything that's going on. So that's how I kind of prepare things because this life journey, like you said, will be continuous. We will wake up and we will have bad days. We will have lousy things happen to us. We will have problems that will continue that will continually have to intentionally overcome. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way life is. I used to do a similar thing in regard to your third point for two or three years. I think I did this. I actually wrote myself a letter and in it, I tried to include some sense of humor. And then I would, towards the end, I I think I said, today, I'm going to have a great day. And it's interesting for me to even reflect upon that experience now, because when I used to read it in the morning, it was an instant shift in energy especially the humor component. I was laughing at my own jokes. I think I'm a pretty funny guy internally. 
And so I would read this letter from one morning to the next. And I kid you not, how I felt afterwards, it literally made all the difference that I was looking for. And so I, I think there's definitely some value and purpose behind doing things like that. I like what you mentioned as far as you get to create your own message instead of awesome. It could be great, well spent, whatever the wording that person chooses, because I do think that it somehow, I think it has to resonate with you. Otherwise you're just going to be reading something that doesn't actually carry your energy, so to speak, or the energy that you want to embody. So I like that, that you mentioned that there's a choice in quote unquote, living the life that you want. And I think for me, starting with that letter, it was a, it was life-changing for that chapter of my life, without a doubt. Well, I mean, the only way we're going to live the life we choose is actually do it and choose it. That's where intentionality is so important. And that's where making and developing good habits and good systems within your life are important because those things don't just automatically happen. Most of us wake up in the morning and the first thing that happens is the inner voices, right? The inner oh, yeah. voices are, are already worrying about the day. They were already fretting or were anxious about things we have to get done. That's usually the way most people wake up. So then, then also you're telling yourself, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want yeah. to go forward. And so there's so much negativity that's happening internally with a lot of people that by the time they get out of bed, then when somebody says a coarse word to them or when some bad thing happens to them, they're really on their heels and things are not looking good. So that's why I just choose to be positive. My wife calls me a Pollyanna. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> old Disney movie, but you know that I am, I'm a Pollyanna. I'm a happy, upbeat. I make choices like not watching the news because it's negative to me. This is my perception. It's negative. And what it does is it over, it, it shouts over the positive voices. I don't want that to happen. So when I want my news, I'll look intentionally online or do things and find out bits and pieces and the way things are nowadays with our phones and with everything, you see the news that's most important. So, you know, it's going to hit you one way or the other, mm -hmm. but you know, I just stay away from things that are negative. I also do my best to stay away from negative people or mm -hmm. I work really hard to be super positive and, and overcome that by lifting them up. That's what I love to do. So, um, you know, it's important what we allow into our life. How do you personally deal with the negative voice? Well, I mean, number one is that what I do in the morning, but then mm -hmm. throughout the day, it doesn't go away. So oh, yeah. throughout, throughout the day, um, we need to, so I'll either read things that are uplifting to me, right? I'll stop. So whether I stop and read a scripture or I stop and read a positive quote from John Maxwell or Simon Sinek or somebody that I think is uplifting, right? Bob Goff, I love that guy. So there's people that I think are super uplifting. The other thing I do a lot of times is I will put myself into a situation because when those inner voices come, a lot of times we really feel overwhelmed and we're getting kind of stuck in that cycle. So what I'll do is I'll put myself in a more positive cycle. Like for example, this morning I'm going to coffee with a, a really good friend and also business associate of mine who is very uplifting. And so what I'll do is I'll put myself into a situation where I know it's going to be positive because then that helps lift me as well. So anything we can do to kind of reframe our day, right? And that will bring that positive lift, I think is always really a good thing. Mm. 
tell me a little bit more about the book that you have in the background and for any way that people can get in touch with you and learn more about your work, the coaching, the book, and everything else that you have within your platform. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, first of all, let me tell you, um, I am, the book is a slice of me. So what I really wanted to do was I never thought I would write a book was really encouraged by a good friend D Scott Smith to write a book um, about six months before COVID hit. And among other things, among a lot of the things that I'm doing now, as you know, because you were mm -hmm. just on podcasting, live streaming, things I never thought I'd probably do. So I'm doing those and it's wonderful. I love it. Um, but you know, the, the book is a slice of me. And what I wanted to do is have a little piece of me in written form I could utilize to encourage people. So I use it for my coaching and speaking. I use it just to encourage people when they're down. Um, I have, you know, definitely positive actionable steps in my book that I utilize, like my morning routine um, that people can utilize to make their life better. You know, I, I talk um, about, you know, the way you start your, your morning after I do my little morning thing. I'm big on morning routine. Mm -hmm. So after I do my little positive pep talk in the morning, I also do things like intentionally stay away from social media. Um, I intentionally give myself quiet time. I intentionally do things that and I exercise. I do things that really help me frame myself for a good day. So I'm framing myself for success right off the bat. That really helps me. And so this, these are things that are in my book things that I talk about. And I have lots of stories about me. Uh, you know, the story about my car accident is in there, stories about me at Oregon State, stories with my beautiful wife and things that we learned along the way, uh, because I think people relate to that. I think people re relate to your experiences um, that you've had. And um, yeah, so the beautiful thing is, you know, anybody can pick it up on Amazon or online booksellers. Um, I also have a companion workbook that I put together that people can utilize in workshops and I can utilize in workshops. That's available on Amazon in ebook form also. And um, I also even sell it uh, at local bookstores in Oregon and Southwest Washington. And I'm gonna be doing a book signing promotion here coming up a week from this Saturday. And I continually do those. You know, we talk about journey and continuing things. I continually promote and uh, positivity and purpose and good mindset and I'm constantly doing that. And one of the things I do to do that are, you know, promoting my book. And outside of that, where can people connect with you personally? Well, the easiest way, RussHedge.com. Uh, I try to keep it simple. I'm all about simplicity. So RussHedge.com uh, has all my information on there. Information how to connect with me, my social media, my email phone number. You can even schedule time to directly connect with me on Zoom and uh, I also have links to everything from my book to the podcast, live shows, all that as well. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, Consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous 
conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.